With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to SEN Fridays in the Top End. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Hey, Rob, we love our segments here on Fridays in the Top End, and we're going to introduce mm. one starting from next week, which will be like the NTFL alma mater. So we'll talk about... We're going to have to clarify this. I don't know if it's players who have played in the NTFL, or, or preferably for me, I think we'll just talk about Northern Territory AFL players because some of these kids were you know, picked up before they could play a senior game in the NTFL, but yeah. they all would have played NTFL juniors. Um, I'm not going to go through every single player because there's no doubt I will miss some, you know, like I just off the top of my head, I don't have Jace Berg or mentioned down here in our notes, but there's plenty of NTFL players that we'll probably miss here. But let's talk about the start of the season for a few of them. So I'm going to start with the Richmond players, Daniel Rioli, um, a sensational game from Daniel in the season opener against Carlton, arguably best on ground, and he received the maximum 10 coaches votes from his 27 disposals. He provided excellent rebound all night, and I thought he was pretty good last weekend too with 23 touches against Adelaide, a potential and it's a big call, all-Australian season, if you can keep that form up. Obviously, there's a long way to go, and he would have to play some sensational football. But, you know, he was I think he was thereabouts at that original top 40 list last year in the All-Australian, and he's sort of started where he left off last year. Yeah, definitely. Daniel Rioli has been very good, hasn't he? Um, and he did, I think he made the top 40, yeah. didn't he, and just missed out. And I made an All-Australian side and had him in there. So his form since moving to half-back, he was a bit at the career crossroads a bit for 100%. a moment there. And uh, going back to half-back, he has got a big tank and he has been impressive, hasn't he, with probably the best on-ground performance in round one and expect a big one from him tonight. It's quite remarkable. I know in the NBA they do the most improved player in the competition award and and if they did that in the AFL, he would be right up there because we are talking about a bloke. Like the crossroads is an understatement. He was definitely there. He was playing as a small forward and just wasn't hitting the scoreboard and and wasn't doing, I suppose, what Hardwick needed of him at the time. And, and, you know, uh, Richmond had a lot of small forwards in that team. But Daniel went back to the VFL and played a couple of games at that level, moved to the halfback flank, and now it's it's revived his career. He signed a five-year deal last year um, and looks like one of Richmond's most important players, you know, in, in the coming years. Yeah. So a great a great uh, career turnaround for Daniel. Let's talk about uh, Morris Rioli. So he finished with two goals in the opening round and was sharp in front of goal, I thought, which was probably an area of his game that he will look to improve in the coming years, hitting, hitting the scoreboard a little bit more. Um, he wasn't as good offensively last week against the Crows. I think he'd had just the five disposals, but had a couple of big moments defensively and with his pressure. Still only 20 years old and continues to improve. And I think um, that pressure and, and those tackling, and that's why he's in the team. Yeah, definitely. Daniel Rioli, has, um, Morris Rioli, sorry, definitely. Um, he's going to need more games of football, um, but it is a sentiment to you know how he's developed to be in that Richmond side and his tackle pressure is elite and he's playing that role that Daniel used to play and sometimes that role isn't a high possession sort of mm. role and that's I think Daniel sort of was a bit over that role um, and needed to be rejuvenated but Morris is really lapping it up and um, you can see he's starting to gel a bit as well with Lynch and Rewalt and, yeah. and them guys are dictating to whom where to go and that sort of thing and there's a good, good little brotherhood there with Shea Bolton as well. He's still somewhat uh, raw in football mm. terms as well so yeah. he's not a kid that's gone through the traditional NAB league system and stuff like that. He didn't play 
a lot of football in the NTFL. He obviously had that great season for St. Mary's in the Premier League, but a player who I expect a lot of improvement from still, um, yep. you know, as, as he sort of gets more experience at that level. Yep. Jesse Motlop started the season pretty well for Carlton, kicked a goal uh, in the win last week against Geelong. Looks to be, I wouldn't say entrenched in the 22, but it looks like he's a pretty important player for that team. Um, for Michael Voss, another long-term player that's continuing to develop. Yeah, definitely. And he does look like he loves his weight program. Oh, and mate. There's a lot of um, similarities to him and uh, his uncle Mark Motlop back in yeah. the 80s. And I've seen photos of Mark and he definitely looks similar. So it does look like a footballer, doesn't he? Just about be the most ripped player in the comp for his age. Like, oh, he is have to be. Definitely. And uh, yeah, it would be impressive to see what he can do in the future and um, maybe some midfield minutes as well later on in his career. Yep. Uh, Bombers players now. So we will talk about... Alwyn Davy Jr., obviously exciting yep. stuff with his debut a fortnight ago. He was pretty good again last week, I thought. He's been picked again. I hope he stays in for some of the big games, like Anzac Day and, and, and the Dreamtime game. I think that'd be really good for him, getting that experience playing in front of 85,000, 90,000. But, um, hey, if you're in your first year in the AFL system and you can start for your team in round one and, and hold your spot after round one, you're doing something right, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. He's, doing, he's ticking a lot of boxes and Brad Scott obviously knows a lot more than us, but um, just the, he's kept Guelphie. I think Guelphie finished third mm. or fourth in our best and first last year and he's kept him out um, and there's a few others that he's kept out as well, uh, Snelling and those yeah. sort of types. So there's definitely something there that um, Scott sees that you know others don't probably wouldn't see um, and he does add that youthful excitement um, so I do hope he stays in for a bit longer, um, gets that taste of Anzac Day because he is a player of the future for um, our footy club as a Bomber supporter. Yep, going to be exciting times when his twin brother's up and running as well. And then yep. you've got the next player I want to talk about, a bloke who hasn't been seen at AFL level this year, but Anthony Mankara mm. made his debut in the VFL last week. And while he didn't get huge numbers stats-wise, he he showed why he's rated and why it's an exciting time for Bomber supporters. Um, he kicked a, a point which looked like a goal to me from the vision I saw. Mm. But um, just those cat-like reflexes, he's, he's quite a good size. Um, I think that that's a very exciting prospect for the Bombers. Yeah, definitely. And you've got to factor in guys that, you know, he's coming from the Tiwi Islands and the football up here in the in the top end so different and it's umpire mm. different compared to Victorian football. And he's going to take a little while to adapt to that sort of um, football. But the moment he does and understands that physical aspect of the game in Victoria his outside run and carry is going to be something at the next level that you don't see very often in Victoria so yep. that's where his strength's going to be coming in the next few years I'm super excited about Mankara because uh, for those who play who only know AFL these names won't mean you know much but we know ourselves, players like Bradley Stokes, very, very physical players mm. up in the Northern Territory Football League. Mankara was going one-on-one -on -one with Stokes and, and some of the other blokes, his brother Jared Stokes, um, at bus training when he was training with the Premier League group and matching them physically and, mm. and definitely not afraid of the contest, Mankara. So for an 18-year-old kid, sometimes when he was training, you'd forget that he was only 18, still a kid. Um, I think that physicality side of things, which some people might be questioning um, mm. just because of other players that are, that are similar to, to Mankara, yeah. I, I think that's going to be something that surprises a lot of people. We saw he did that Don't Argue in that uh, Australia versus Collingwood game last year. Mm. I think it was Arlo Draper, who's a listed player at the Magpies, and he, he gave him a Dusty Martin fend-off. So yeah. I reckon that physical side of things is going to be no worries for Mankara. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Tiwi talent at the Bombers, Anthony McDonald Tip and Woody is back. It was obviously great to see him kick that goal. Uh, definitely still a, a crowd favourite. Where do you see his role this year? I don't think he's going to play every game, and we know that he's already 
missed the one game. Do you think that he will be a regular player in the seniors, or do you think that he'll go back and play in that VFL and help develop your Tex Wanganines? And, and if Jaden Davey gets an opportunity, of course, Alwyn will probably play some VFL this year, and Anthony Mancaro. Do you think that he's going to be like a leader of that crew in the VFL, mm. or do you think that he'll be used more in the AFL? I, th- I think he's going to be more of a leader in the VFL, to be honest. Um, I was, you know, somewhat probably surprised that he did play round one, considering who got left out. But it wasn't the worst decision. He come on and made an mm. impact. Um, he's definitely, you know, probably got to lose five kilos, and he'd know that. Neston know that. But for what he brings to the group, his leadership, as well as having all those young Indigenous players, it's good to have him there. He's come from a pretty bad, like pretty hard background, um, missing out on so many drafts, not mm. rated. Bombers gave him a chance in their VFL when no one else really was, and um, he impressed. And then, you know, he's taken that next step in his career, and you know, for player to come from where he's come to play at that level and that professionalism is quite an achievement um, for those young players to aspire mm. to. I still think it's a bit of a joke that it took him so long to get an opportunity at AFL level. He was a gun in the under-18s. I know mm. um, he was in my year at, at NT Thunder and he was the one player you'd look at and was like, seriously, how is this guy not a second or third rounder? And it, it's very similar as well to Austin Winamary. When Austin Winamary yeah. played nationals, he was averaging 35 touches in a back pocket and never got picked Dominating up. For Saints Dominating for yeah. Had to go to you know Norwood mm. and there are, there is some. There's genuine bias, I and mean, it was proven with what's come out. There was bias towards NT players, and yeah. that sort of thing with homesickness, and that's a oh, no doubt. There's recruitment issues there. Hey, a couple of the Brisbane players, Nakia Cockatoo and Blake Coleman, just doing their thing in the VFL. Hopefully, we see them at AFL level. Kadeen Coleman uh, probably hasn't had the greatest start for the season, given that he was tipped by blokes like Kane Corns to potentially be an All-Australian prospect, but still a player that's uh, very valuable for the Lions. Zach Bailey is an interesting one. So, mm-hmm. had 16 disposals and two goals last week, but definitely had a game to forget last night against the Western Bulldogs. I hate being negative on a, on a territory player, especially one that so kindly gave up his time to be on our show a couple of months ago but um, made a few uncharacteristic clangers last night and I think mm. he looks like a guy that I don't know if he needs to spend more time in the midfield he, he apparently had a big preseason. he told us that and he said that his, his aim was to play in the midfield um, I don't know what are they using Zach Bailey right? Yeah, I, th- I think this might be a bit of an, a consequence of bringing in Dunkley to your footy mm. club. Um, you know, you're moving him, and then you got Ashcroft as well that's sort of gone to the wing midfield as well. But no, he's not Ashcroft even isn't getting a whole lot of midfield numbers. And I sort of think that's what probably... I've seen Zach Bailey went in there a couple of times, but... Um, yeah, it was very lacking, and it's sort of similar as well for um, if you're going to go through players that are similar in that aspect as him, you know, that sort of has effect, affected Hugh McCluggage as well, his other oh, yeah. teammate, yep. um, who's was one that was going to come up as well. But, yeah, Zach Bailey seems to be struggling in that. But he is genuine for that half-forward role, get a couple of goals, get his 20 touches or 15 touches, and definitely needs to find that sort of, yeah, the, mm. the groove again, doesn't he? Jack Paris named as an emergency for St Kilda last weekend. He must be edging closer to an AFL debut. I watched him in the VFL last year a few times. And he is... We talk about, like, point of difference players, players Mm. that have a weapon. And, oh, my goodness, his athleticism, his speed, the way he can run and carry, that is a real weapon. We're talking about, like, a a junior athletics champion. Mm. Uh, Obviously, some very solid pedigree with his his family background. Um, But he is one that really excites me. We said that Morris Rioli was a raw player. Well, Jack Paris is very raw as well. He hasn't played a lot of football in his life. Um, I, I think it could be a bit of a surprise package for St Kilda, whether or not he debuts this year, which which he's looking like it's on the cards if he's an emergency at this time. Um, but I reckon he might be one that, that Ross Lyon really likes and takes under his wing a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Um AFL football is so athletic now and with that run and carry and I'm, I'm surprised with Jack Paris's development as well I thought I didn't think he'd probably go as far as as, as he has now has surprised me mm. um, 
to the point I even brought him in my fantasy side last week. I needed a player that wasn't playing that's close, you know what I mean? So I could take uh, Rory Laird's score and, um, as a vice-captain. And then, uh, yeah, he's, he's not named as emergency this week, but I think no. the week before he had like 22 or and three goals or mm. something. And that pace is something that, you know, is, is an outlier, isn't it? Yeah, two more, and then we will probably need to go to a break, and then we'll talk about the Gold Coast players before we finish the show. But uh, Junior Rioli was brilliant in his first game for Port Adelaide a fortnight ago. 16 disposals, three goals, four tackles. He certainly wasn't as good last weekend in the loss to Collingwood. No. Uh, all the attention for power over the trade period will go towards Jason Horn Francis, and I feel a bit sorry for Horn Francis. He's going to be a guy that gets booed against multiple teams. You know, we saw last week in, in Melbourne against Collingwood, a team he's got no association with. Yeah. And, and geez, the, the pies nuffies rapping about going <laughs> old JHF. But uh, back to Rioli for a second. I think he will prove to be an excellent pickup for the season uh, for the power, especially if the power solidify themselves as a finals team. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's that's a sort of the small forward role, isn't it? You, you can be hot, you can be cold. Mm. And Horn Francis is going to be one of those malign players coming through his whole career. And um, I still thought, you know, those patches, I think they highlighted his, you know, some of his weaknesses as well. But um, I think Junior Rioli is going to be really good for Port Adelaide um, as well as, you know, he was a barometer from last week, but you just can't expect that every week from him. No, no doubt. We are going to go to a break. There is an NTFL, uh, former NTFL player that could be, we talk about Daniel Rioli at the career crossroads. This is another player that I want to bring up um, and talk about. So we'll talk about him after the break. I'll keep you in suspense there. And then we'll go through the Gold Coast players and plenty more really to come. Talking about the AFL stuff here on SEN Fridays in the Top End. Thanks to Raymond Horn Darwin finding a place to write your next chapter.